What's going on, all my podcast listeners? See Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle bringing you another episode. And I've been kind of slacking lately, I'm not going to lie. It's been really difficult for me. Um, I've been going through some major, major, major depression and everything. Um, I've been dealing with life-changing decisions that I have to make. I've just been kind of going through this mold, you know. Kind of, I like to look at it that way. You molt into something else, you molt into something else. And, um, different people deal with depression and suicide different from everybody else. And, so, if you just want a week to stick to yourself, you know, you get three days off from work, you just want to lay in bed for three days, that's normal. Everybody should get that opportunity. Especially if you've been worked to death lately. Take the rest, you know. And so, anywho, I had about three days off. I went back to work. And the scheduling is different. And when I say different, like, I've got 26 hours, I'm pretty sure, maybe 27. But I worked an eight-hour day today. I'm going to work an eight-hour day tomorrow. But it's 2 in, 2 in the afternoon to 10 o'clock at night. And I'm okay with that because I don't like closing. I'm going to be honest. So when I get to leave four hours early, that's always great to me. Now here's what I think is going on. And I don't know, I could be wrong. But she's hired one shift lead from another store. She's transferred. And she's got another shift lead that can only work certain days or something. She's not all that great. I don't know how long she's going to last. And then there's another girl that just started today. She's a delivery driver slash customer service rep. I hope she lasts quite a bit. I kind of know her from a past life. So I used to work with her mom at the gas station and she always seemed like a good kid, you know, seemed like she got in trouble here and there, but hey, I enjoyed working with her tonight. She was really helpful. She was a really good worker, you know, I really liked her. So I'm going to have to put in a word with the boss and tell her she's a good worker. Um, I feel like she was more hands-on and shit than the other CSR that we've had. And the other one's just a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Anywho, I woke up today at 8.30 in the morning. I had to go deal with my ex-employer trying to get my W-2s. Um, I had to go and do some grocery shopping. By the time that I got home, it was like 1, something like that, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And I forgot because I didn't look at the schedule on my phone. I took a picture. I didn't look at it, but I was scheduled at 2 o'clock instead of 4 or 5. So I didn't get a chance to take a nap or anything. Went straight to work. You know, and I had some other co-worker that was trying to talk me into working his shift until close. And I'm like, no, man, I can't do it. Like, you know, if I was to close tonight, let's just say I was, which I'm not going to. But if I did... I wouldn't have gotten out of there until probably about now. Maybe a little bit later. Who knows? And then I would have had to ride my bike home another 30 minutes. I wouldn't get home for another 30 minutes probably. So it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. <clears throat> I kind of stuck around a little bit longer, kind of helped them out, kind of sat outside, took a couple shots, so I really didn't leave there until 11, but hey, the thing is, 
I already counted the cooler for him and everything. <clears throat> and he wanted me to stay so close, like I said. So no, you know, I got to be back up at one o'clock in the afternoon. I still got to make something to eat. I got to get a shower, kind of relax a little bit. And then I got to wake up by one o'clock. I like to wake up a little bit earlier, um, so I don't really have a whole lot of time to myself. It's only like 12 hours from now, so by the time that I do that shit, shower, eat something, relax, it's probably going to be closer to 7-8 hours of sleep. He's got the next two days off. So I'm like, fuck you. You're going to work that shit. <clears throat> you come in at 4 o'clock and you want to leave at 10. That's a six-hour shift. And I've already been there for eight hours and you want me to stay another four more hours. Fuck that. Now, if you would have maybe said, hey, I'll pay you some money pay $30 to stay extra or something you know I would have thought about it or gave me some weed you know because he he deals in selling weed here and there and that's kind of like his little side hustle he's trying to still make a business out of that even though weed's legal so I don't buy my weed off the streets I buy it out of a dispensary you know you get what you pay for I want to make sure that my shit's not laced, you know, it's real shit, it's not that Delta 9 shit, and so, he keeps trying to talk me into doing business with him, he's like, hey man, I've got these vape cartridges, and I've got this, I'm going to be getting edible soon, and I'm like, where are you getting this shit from, where are you getting this shit from, and he's like, oh, I got some people, or oh, I'm going to go to Michigan, maybe, you know, here in a month or so well what about the shit that you have now where are you getting that from and I'm not gonna lie like most of the shit that he's got tastes like it's fake it's delta 8 delta 9 carts and shit it's not real it's not real live resin that you usually get from a dispensary and I know what that tastes like cause you know, like I said, I'm a regular customer when it comes to the dispensary. 40 bucks, 50 bucks, you get a half gram, maybe you get a gram. And it tastes completely different. All the shit that he's got is fruity, this and that. It doesn't even really taste like wheat. And, um... You know, anytime you bust one out from the dispensary and you start smoking on it, somebody that sells sells bullshit ones like he he does, he gets pissy, he gets fucking agitated and whatnot, because you can taste the difference. And he doesn't want me to tell everybody that works there about how much bullshit that he's selling. So, same thing with the weed. Like, you can buy... Delta 8 and Delta 9 or weed that's not really real weed off the internet you know they claim that it's real weed whatever whatever it's THC Delta 8 and Delta 9 completely different some of that shit especially the edibles and whatnot has been giving people like toxic side effects people that aren't used to that you know your brain's not used to it you go to taking some Delta 8 it's almost like you know the shit's laced with something so I kind of stay away from that shit I make sure that when I buy it it's from the dispensary He's, you know, like I said, trying to make money, trying to 
have a business, but he's not giving a fuck about what he's actually selling. If that makes any sense. I don't know. He's like, I can get you a whole pound of weed for like $1,300, but there's plenty of other people that'll give it to you for a lot less than that. You know, um, I don't know. It's really weird. I don't knock him for trying. But in today's society, weed is legal in most states. And you can get it from the dispensary almost anywhere. And yeah, you're going to pay some taxes on it, but you get what you pay for it. I bought it off the streets, I bought it from the dispensary, and not only is it always good from the dispensary, but I don't have to wait around three hours, or six hours, or, oh, I ran out, I'm not going to re-up until tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes around, you still haven't re-upped, fuck that shit, I don't wait around on that shit. And all these street dealers have different names for shit. This is that Luke Skywalker, or this is that fucking OG Kush, fucking whatever. They don't know what it is. It's just what their buddy told them. It sounds good. But when you go to the dispensary, and you say, I want some Mac 1, and you smoke it, the next time you go to the dispensary, you ask for Mac 1, it's going to be the same exact thing. It's not going to be something different. And that's what I got tired. I got tired of that too. You know, when you deal with somebody on the streets, one week, you have some shit that's alright, it's pretty good. And the next week, it's completely trash. And there's even sometimes, I had, I had a pretty good dealer. He was really reputable, he had some good strains. And there were some times where he would get some shit with some seeds in it. Stems in it, seeds in it, looked really shitty. And he usually didn't sell trash. You know. But one week from the next, you don't know what it is. You don't know what he's going to have. And so, when you go into a dispensary, it's kind of like being a kid in a candy store. You get to pick out what flavor you want. You know. Do you want a do you want a vape card to go with it, you know, or do you want to get some edibles? Edibles in the dispensary are garbage. They don't really get you high. You need a whole fucking pack and probably not feel nothing. But when it comes to the the vape cards and um, I got some wax whenever I was up there this last time. It's like 55 bucks for a gram of wax. I'm like, that's not bad. With the tax and everything, that's not bad. So, I got that and I got a quarter of some shake. It's like 135 bucks. It's not bad. I remember whenever I was paying 150 bucks and getting two quarters, getting a, a half. But with the wax, you know, you don't need a lot of it. And I really, I really rarely do wax, but when you do hit it, you get fucked up. You don't need anything else. Take a little dab and you're good. I can sit there and smoke three, three hitters, three bowls, whatever you want to call it, chillums. When you take a hit of wax, and you only need, you know, enough to cover a pin. You take a hit of that shit and you're good. It's expensive, but you get what you pay for. You know, like I said, <clears throat> I tried telling this to my uh, co-worker and he's like, yeah, but that shit that they're giving you isn't really as strong as what they're saying and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that shit's tested in a lab. He's like, yeah, but in order for them to get the THC out of it, they gotta burn the shit and fucking, no, they don't do that, when they, when they press the resin out, they have a, a hot plate, and it gets up to a certain temperature, like 200 degrees, whatever, 
And what happens is they put it in a sleeve, like wax paper, press that shit down, and from the pressure and the heat, it pushes all that resin out. So I don't know what he's talking about. Somebody that's a weed connoisseur, he should know that. But I feel like it was a way for him to try and steer me away from smoking wax. Or to buy his wax. And I, like I said, I've dealt with a lot of people on the streets. Their wax is always light colored. It's always runny. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're missing a process somewhere. There's only been one person that can get that shit down to a T. And I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't even think he's still doing it. Um, he did some prison time, and I think when he got out, I don't know, probably got clean, but, you know, he used to make the best shatter, for real, the best shatter that I ever fucking smoked. You know, with shatter, it's kind of prepared the same way, I don't know if they have the presses and everything, but... You put it on a cookie sheet and you put it in the freezer. Let it get hard and then you break it up into pieces like glass shards. So, completely different. It's one of the purest ways to get it. So, anywho, been dealing with a lot of depression and everything lately. Um, I've been trying to quit cigarettes again because my vaporizer quit and I think after this pack I'm done um, same thing with drinking um, I haven't had anything in a couple days I do believe I went out and I bought a uh, half pint of some brandy a double shot of fireball and that's all I had I didn't buy any beer tonight you know, I could have bought a whole pint, you know, I could have transferred money to my card and bought even more, but trying to cut back on everything. And uh, even a half pint for me is enough tonight. Um, got a little bit of tips tonight at work, so I was like, why not? Take a little celebration, you know, because there's a big difference with somebody that drinks every night or every day, whatever, or somebody that drinks every other day, every few days, and it also depends on how much they buy, you know, if they're buying a 30-pack every two days they're an alcoholic for real <laughs> if they're waking up at seven in the morning spending their last dollar on alcohol they're an alcoholic but I don't think about that shit you know not when I first wake up you know I mean after a hard day's work you better believe I want a couple beers. Even if it's a couple 12 ounce beers, I gotta go next door to the gaming parlor. You know, but that's a whole nother thing. That, that entails a whole nother thing. See, that, that goes from one habit to another habit. So, you go next door, you have a couple brews, and I don't know how much they are. Let's just say $4. You have two beers, that's eight bucks. And then you put ten dollars in the machine or twenty dollars, whatever. You've done spent twenty-eight bucks, almost thirty dollars. And you're gonna put in more, and you're gonna put in more and more money. 
And so that's why I stay the fuck away from those places. Bars are the same way. They want to charge you at least $5 for a beer. $8 for a shot. Or a margarita. Whatever. And they expect you to keep coming back buying more. Buying more. And before you know it, you got a $150 bill. That's why I stay at home. You know, I, I know my limits when I go out. Even if I go out by myself and I go to the bar, I know. We're only going to have three drinks and we're going to fucking leave. Period. You know, and a lot of those people out there that are alcoholics, they don't have that mentality. They're like, let's let's just keep drinking. As long as we got it. Let's just keep drinking. And it takes a man to say, nope, that's my cutoff. That's my cutoff. You know, you guys have already robbed me enough. (laughs) Pretty much. And so, you know, I got other things to pay for. I've got rent to pay for. You know, I just, I just spent a hundred dollars almost on groceries today. Um, I expect to spend another hundred, probably, before it's all said and done. But, um, you know, springtime's coming, summertime's coming, I gotta get some new shoes, I gotta get some new clothes, um, you know, many, many things, many, many things. Things that I've been procrastinating on, kind of putting off, getting a new skillet set, getting a new knife set. And once I get into that, get a plastic cutting board, because I can't can't cut meat on a wooden cutting board. But once I get into that, um, I'm going to start making videos of cooking cooking videos um now i'd like to get a laptop and some storage and whatnot before i start doing that because i want to keep everything separate you know this phone's only so big and takes a long time to cook certain meals even if you edit and break it down i mean it takes a lot of memory so I think I'm going to wait for that until I get a laptop, get a better phone. But for right now, I'm just trying to continue these podcasts. Because it's really hard. Like, a lot of people don't understand how much effort it really takes to work a job, come home, do all the shit that you got to do, and still have time for a podcast. I don't know, like, when I first started this channel, like I said, it was, it it means nothing more than, it's just, it's just a place to talk about shit, you know, shit that's bothering me, shit that's wrong with America and politics and guns and fucking whatever I want to talk about. I can talk about it here. I don't have to worry about being censored or anything like on Facebook. And that's why I have this channel. To be able to vent, to be able to talk about stuff. And I don't care if I have 10 fucking people that listen to this shit. Or 5 people that listen to it. It's really, it's really made for me to look back on. Sounds kind of selfish. I mean, if you think about it, I don't really care what anybody else thinks, but I want to be able to look back five years from now, two years from now, whatever, and say, man, that was crazy as fuck, you know? And I do that sometimes. I do that. I see, you know, on Facebook, and I want to I get back into that, but I see on Facebook sometimes where... 
I have a live video. Four years ago, whatever. I have a live video that comes up. And I don't really have the time. Sometimes I sit there, I'll watch ten minutes of it or whatever, but I don't really have the time to really go back and look at that shit. But I'm sure if I did, it was a hell of a lot more better and a lot more entertaining than just listening to a podcast. I don't know. So it's kind of like I'm going through a transition because I started out doing live videos and then I quit doing live videos right and I got into podcasting and I still I still love podcasting it's a great outlet and you can get your point across to people without um having to worry about physical appearance or visual appearance when you do a live video you got to keep it interesting you got to you know make people interested you got to visually keep people interested by doing shit when you make a podcast you can sit in an office somewhere at a desk in your bed and you can make a fucking podcast. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do is just keep a diary for right now. No matter if I'm sitting here in my studio or in my living room or in my bed and I make an episode, it's strictly for me to look back on five years from now it doesn't I don't expect to get viewers you know if anybody wants to listen to it and get any um, advice or anything out of it then great great you know there's plenty of other people in other countries that probably want to hear about what's going on it's not it's not that much greater Let me put it to you that way. America is not as great as what everybody thinks that it is. And I, you know, that hurts me to really say that. That really bothers me. But I've got friends that are in the Netherlands. I've got friends that are in Africa and whatnot. And... Everybody thinks that Africa is, you got to go to a hole to get water. It's not how it is, you know, especially in like South Africa, it's, they have running water, you know. Anywho, everybody also thinks that, you know, Americans are self-centered and Americans are racist and Americans hate other ethnicities and whatnot. That's not the way it is. And you know, it's, I watched a documentary where, I watched a couple documentaries. One guy, he, he goes to, you know, Central America, South America, Africa, Egypt. This is this white guy. He looks like he's a white guy from America, but he's really German. I think he's German. He might be Swedish. I don't know. His name's Kurt, and I forgot his last name, but he's... If you get on YouTube and you type in Kurt, um, he goes to Colombia, he goes to Mexico, El Salvador, you know. I can really praise somebody like that. And he knows a lot of the different languages, you know. Now me, I think that the Venezuelan culture and the women are beautiful and everything. 
everything is beautiful. It's a great way of living if you live in certain parts. Um, it's kind of like being in Mexico. Um, there's some ugly parts to it. Just like here in America. It's beautiful, but there's crime. There's fucking, you know, cartel, gangs. No matter if you live in Mexico, America, Venezuela, it's going to be the same thing. But, um, to be able to go to these countries like Spain, Bolivia, Guatemala, Ecuador, and speak these different languages, it's so beautiful and so, um, useful, so useful to be able to speak many different languages. I know there's a lot of different apps and softwares out there to learn like Duolingo Duolingo is a great app to be able to learn another language but I don't know I don't know I'd love to be able to travel to other places maybe even have my own ship to be able to travel to other countries takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of work, but if I was to be able to get an old sailboat from the salvage yard and have the money to fix it up and whatnot and sail around, I'd do that shit. And the only way you're going to be able to get that kind of money is if you start out small, baby steps. So let's say... You know, somebody like me, I don't have any money right now. I'm a fucking slave. I work at a fucking corporate America pizza hut. You know what I'm saying? But if I do what I want to do, save up some money, open up a credit union account, and I start a small business... It's going to be a lot easier to start a small business if you have a credit union account. If you just got cash in your hand, you can't really start a small business, to be honest. And I don't care if you got the shittiest credit or if you got good credit, whatever. So let's say you have $2,000 in your credit union account and you want to get a loan and your credit is fucking terrible they might give you a higher interest rate but if you pay that shit off within 18 months or whatever then you'll be alright and then your credit gets better gets better you get another loan you make your business bigger or better you pay that shit off and then before you know it you got enough money you got enough credit from the business that's going on that you can open another business down near the beach somewhere in Florida or South Carolina that's what it means you know taking baby steps a lot of people think that people become rich from stocks or from you know sometimes it takes time from, from somebody like me, when you have to make it from nothing and make something, it takes time. It takes time. Period. And, you know, a lot of people give up hope. A lot of people just give up because, you know, somebody like me, for example... I make less than $40,000 a year. And I live alone. I don't have somebody to help with the bills. I don't have somebody to help with groceries. You know, I don't even have any health insurance. If I get sick, I gotta pay it out of pocket. Um, so, there's many, many different things that. 
people will just look at it and say, oh, you're never going to be able to open a business, right? They're going to doubt you. They're going to talk about, you know, well, what's your idea? Everybody wants to know what your idea is. What's your idea? And you never give people your true idea. Because then they're just going to steal that shit. And it's really up to you, if you do give people the idea, to make sure that you get it out before they do. Because it's kind of like a race, you know. But when you think about it, somebody that's in their 30s, I don't have a fucking nickel to my name. But I have very good ideas. And when you can take that and mold it into something, that's all that matters. Seriously. Who cares about the other shit? The only thing that you need to worry about is... Is it a good product? Or... Are people going to want to come buy it? And how much is it really worth? Because you can't overcharge anybody, but you have to have a... You have to make a profit, right? For one of my one of my business ideas, I thought eight dollars is a good plate. It's a good amount of money, but it's a good plate. It's a good portion. There's gonna be plenty of people on the beach that are gonna pay that amount of money. So you gotta think about it. Location, portions, so on and so forth. And when it comes to my other idea, there's not really any portions that comes along with it. You get one for twenty dollars, you get another you get one for twenty or two for twenty-five. Or two for thirty, I do believe. One for twenty, two for thirty. And again, I'm not gonna get into it <laughs> on what it actually is. I can make way more than what I'm making now being a slave. I can work, let's see, I can work from 8 o'clock to, to noon, four days a week, and make $4,000 a month. And that's what it means, you know, I mean, I can't make $4,000 a month where I work even if I tried. But I put in all the work. I put in all the effort. So why not put in the effort and the work towards my own business? You know, and a lot of people think you have to have two or three workers to run your own business. And that's not how it is. If you're a good, hard worker, you know what the fuck you're doing. You know how to make dough. You know how to prep shit. The thing it only comes down to is... Like I said, let's say you own a pizza place and you're running it by yourself. You get a hundred doughs. You get a hundred customers. Or maybe fifty. Who knows? It depends if they buy two of them at a time. Most of them are only going to buy one. But after those hundred doughs are gone, after those hundred... Um pieces of crust are gone, they're gone. You know, I mean, some days you're going to make, like I said, more money because people are going to buy them one at a time just to see what they're like, but some days you're going to have people to buy two. And so, like I said, when it comes down to it, 100 crust, it's done. Now, eventually, maybe I might make I might prep for 200 customers, but starting out small is what it's all about. I'm not going to have green peppers and onions and all those other toppings. It's either going to be cheese pizza or pepperoni pizza. Those are the only two options. Kind of cut down on my food costs starting out. So it only comes down to certain demographics. 
you know, I mean, when you live in an area like me, and you only have, <clears throat> you only have a certain business that you can't find anywhere else, that's the whole thing. If you're going to open up a business, it better be unique, where you can't find it for hundreds of miles, right? There's nowhere around here that you can get that same experience. So, it all comes down to certain ingredients, certain recipes, certain practices to where it makes it what it is. So, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, <laughs> I've sat here and I thought about it and I'm like, why the fuck do we not have any places around here like that? Why do we not have any small businesses around here that are thriving? And there's only one reason, because for one, small businesses around here gets taxed. Crazy. Out the ass. So, you know, if I was to take my business and go to Texas, for example, um, we would only have to pay federal taxes. We wouldn't have to pay state taxes. And we might have to pay business taxes, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot lower than anywhere else especially in Illinois so I've been thinking about going to Texas for a long time and the only thing that's been keeping me back the only thing that I've been worrying about with Texas is that their minimum wage is like seven and a quarter now, I don't plan on getting minimum wage or anything, but it just shows that even in that state, they don't really give a fuck about their workers. I mean, a lot of companies, they're not paying seven and a quarter. They might pay you ten fifty, or fucking, who knows? But even... 1050 versus you know here I make 16 something and even after the taxes and everything I'm pretty sure I'm still making more money here than what I would in Texas so the only upside for me to move to Texas is if I had a business Kind of help on taxes or whatnot, or if I had my own business and I didn't have to worry about only being paid minimum wage, or you know, the plus side to Texas is that people have their own property. And they take that shit serious in Texas. Got your own property, you got your own land. There's no trespassing there. If you get if you get caught trespassing, you spend at least a year in jail. And it should be that way because that's a whole lot better than getting shot by somebody. There's a whole lot of immigrants and shit around there. People stealing water, stealing crops. People got to protect their land. You know, there's only so many officers, sheriffs and whatnot that can't fucking respond on time. You know, um, I'm glad that Texas is one of those lands because it just needs to be that way. So, if Texas wasn't that way, they would need to have state 
taxes, state funding, they would need to have more federal funding and it would be a completely different state. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't stay here where I'm at. And I've, I'm a really big person on storm chasing and shit as well. And I'd love to have some property in Texas somewhere during storm season. I can invite my sister out for a week. We can go out and do some storm chasing. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, you know. I don't know. Being stuck here and doing the same shit is not going to do you anything. It's not going to do shit for you. A lot of people, you know, I'm 33 years old, and a lot of people don't find that shit out until they're 50, 60, especially people who live off the system or whatever, and they're like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing, you know? I think it comes down to... I don't have any kids or anything. I'm a bachelor. I don't really give a fuck about anybody but myself. Um, But I have nieces. I have nephews. I don't have any kids. But if I do have kids... I want them to be... I want them to be raised better than what I was. I want them to be... Set up, you know... I don't want them to have to worry about shit. You want a new four-wheeler? Okay, we're going to get a new four-wheeler. And, you know, I'm not going to get there by staying in the same spot that I'm at. Working at a pizza place, fucking, you know. You have to realize that you're a lot better than... I don't know, like... Sometimes you gotta do shit for right now to be able to pay your bills, get ahead. But the minute that you get some fucking. The minute that you get some breathing room, you get some extra money, get some extra time, or even if you don't get extra time, you just get extra money, just quit your fucking job. And there's plenty of companies out there that will hire you. One of the companies is um, a company for national parks. I think it's called Zantera. Spelled with with an X. Zantera. And what happens is you get hired as like a host tour guide, or a bellboy, or a server, whatever. Got many different positions. And you go there, and you work, and they take out your room and board. I think it's like 200 bucks for a place to stay. And like, with the food and everything, it's like 350, I do believe. And then the rest of the money you get to pocket. So think about that. Like, you work a 40-hour work week. And I think they were paying 12, 14 an hour back then. I don't know about now. They were in a state, I think it was Montana. I don't know. But they were in a state that was minimum wage. Seven, eight dollars an hour, and they were paying twelve to fourteen dollars an hour, and it's like being on vacation. Think about it. You go there, you're a server, you're a tour guide. You get 
room and boarding for $300. It's fucking cheap as fuck. And then you pocket the rest. It's like being on vacation. And then, you know, I think maybe October is the last month. I think I think it's already started by now, pretty much. But from now until October, I mean, got April, May, June, July, August, October, that's six months. You got six months to sit there and make as much money as you can. And it's, and like I said, it's like having a vacation. So when you get done with the six months, you got all that money saved up, it was fun, everything was great. Go back to your homeland. And even if you work flipping burgers somewhere, I mean, you still got enough money saved up. I don't know. I don't know. It's just two different atmospheres. It's a great place to be. It's like if you do the sugar beet harvest, you know, a lot of people do that during the winter. That gives them a little bit of cushion, you know. But when you're just constantly being a slave, working at a pizza place for a whole year, you don't get that opportunity. You don't get to get away or whatnot. I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to get out of that rut, you know. But you really gotta, you gotta work at it. I don't know. I don't know. Things have been really crazy lately. Like I said, had a lot of depression, suicidal thoughts, whatnot. I'm kind of working through it. Um, I hope that everybody does the same thing. Anybody who's going through suicide or depression, you just got to kind of take a step back and realize that it's just, you know... Some shit that's going on for now. So. It's rough. It's hard. There's nobody that's really around to talk about it. You know, a lot of men don't even like to talk about it. Um, That's just the way it is. So. Gotta be a good man. uh, A hard man. A true man. And say fuck everybody else. And when you do that, when you get stronger and all that, nothing else really matters. So, anywho, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end this podcast where it is. It's getting 53 minute mark. And I'm afraid it's going to cut me off. So, until the next one, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. <laughs>